Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. Uh, this is a delayed Ebor Festival preview. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by two expert tips. Of course, Odds Checker's very own Andy Holding. And a welcome return. It's been a while, Ed. Uh, Ed Quigley joining us on the Odds Checker betting show as well. Ed, I'll, I'll start with you. I haven't seen you for a while. Counting down the day to Cheltenham as ever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> nine, nine weeks, one day to the October meetings counting, and we're about 212 to the festival. I, th- I need to check my, um, my timesheet behind the laptop. But anyway, yeah, no, um, it'll soon be here, the October meeting. But um, in the meantime, uh, it's, it's a wonderful four days on the Navesmire, isn't it? Uh, York, uh, Ebor meeting, uh, right up there with the, the very best uh, flat action you're going to get throughout the uh, the calendar year. Yeah, it absolutely is. I envisage you coming down the stairs after you brush your teeth and back speed, um for the Masters first thing. I then imagine you come downstairs and there's just lines on your fridge and every day you come down and you wipe one line off. One You're more, not one a million miles off, actually. Yeah, because my, my biggest anti-post, the, the, the dreaded word portfolio, um, actually would be speed for the green jacket next year. <laughs> That's currently my biggest outlay um, ahead of Zana here for the stayers hurdle. So, yeah, um, we're, yeah, we're... Uh, we're firmly set in next spring, uh, as much as I don't want to wish the uh, the rest of the summer and uh, and autumn away. But. I love how you, when you're talking about Spieth and Zana here, there you're looking just to your left as if you've you've always got like the ticker <laughs> down there. Like one of my biggest liabilities here. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wonder why myself and my wife don't talk much anymore. <laughs> yes, those are those kind of priorities are uh, a, a dwarfing the, uh, the this corner of my desk. Put it that way. And Andy, uh, it's been a while since we spoke. We're normally chatting every week, but it's been a while since I've been able to. Um, I've had a couple of holidays. We've had a couple of weeks off. Uh, how's everything going with you? Yeah, not too bad. July was a, a little bit uh, messy. Um, I, can't, I, I don't know what it is, but I have struggled in the the bigger meetings this year. Um, when I look back at my sort of uh, profit and loss for the, for the last couple of seasons, and I've, I've just noticed a little bit of a dip this year for some reason with, with the likes of Ascot uh, glorious Goodwood Galway. Um, there was highlights amongst them, but um, they, they they've been costing me dear. Um, but August has been okay, and amazing. My my probably least look forward to meeting with regards punting, uh, which is York this week, which obviously we're going to do. Um, I started off two for two, so I think I need a I think I need to um, call call it a day while I'm while I'm still ahead. I did. Uh, I texted you yesterday uh, when Dover Legend won at York and said, because obviously you put Dover Legend up, at, was it 16 to 1 uh, at Ascot? Got beat, yeah. off eight, got beat off 89. How I, on I earth do remember did you well. get Dover Legend beat it off 89? You've carried on making profit off the, off the back of him since then. I haven't had the the stomach to get back on the horse. Um, so anyway, well done you and, and good to get a couple of winners in. Um, we're going to go through the cards on Friday and Saturday uh, at York, we're recording this just before uh, the opener on Thursday. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have prices for all the races. We'll go through it race by race. Um, but I've said to the guys, as is always the case, if, if you know, given we're trying to get through 12 races, if there's no view that they'll say so and won't put up anything just for the sake of it. Um, before we get into the racing, I'm uh, just going to point everybody in the direction of the Odds Checker app. Download it now for the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms, uh, always crucial in these big meetings as well. And some of the best tips in the game, including Andy himself uh, and others across sports on the app. So do check that out. Uh, but let's get into the opener on Friday. We're going to go through this, um, go through the cards on both days, 14 races, isn't it? seven on each day. And uh, we have the the one mile four, mile and a half handicap is the opener on Friday. Juan de Montalban, 15 to two. Uh, Cormier, eight to one. 
uh, Maharajan eight to one, Lord Protector nine to one, Thundering eleven to one, Charging Thunder, uh, and Amatyaz and Moktasab all twelve to one, fourteen to one bar, nineteen run here. Skybet goes seven places, a couple more going six places. And you said just before we we went on air, Ed, that you had a, a fancy in this one. Um, who was it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was thinking normally I'm for the winter shows. I should be sat here with my Ben Pooling gilet on. Well, I, <laughs> I, need, I, I need my um like King Power silks for today's show uh, because nice. I just re- without realising it really. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's kind of where I'm going for a lot of these. So I thought Matt perhaps the forgotten horse in here in what is quite a wide open encounter was uh, Angel Power for the Roger Varian team. I mean they're in great form at the moment and mm. just looking back through form, she's one from one on the Knaves Mar. She bolted up here on their only previous start. I do like course form on the Knaves Mar, but it's interesting. She's totally well. Hey, she's kind of lost her way, but she's as a consequence dropped a very dangerous mark now. She's dropped to ninety six. This is a previous Group Two winner, so she's looking well handicapped on old form. And then I always look for a reason. Well, why can you retrieve that old form if you like? Well. I think 12 furlongs could be the question, you know, the, the big tick in the box, if you like, because she's only had the one crack at it, which was last time out when she stepped up to 12 for the first time in the Shergar Cup and uh, definitely went into the unlucky category. I mean, probably not to win, but to at least have been placed at a two furlong marker, went for a, a run up the inner and the, uh, the the door closed, if you like, had to kind of switch round runners, and then got going too late once that ship had sailed. Um, but on that evidence and the evidence of the run before, which was over 10 furlongs at Newcastle, which is quite a stiff 10, again, just looked uh, kind of outpaced at the crucial stage over that shorter trip before getting going again too late. She's totally unexposed over 12 furlongs. I just think she wants a proper test of stamina now these mm. days. As I said, she's one for one at the track. She's dropped down the weight. You know, she's rated 103 uh, at the start of the summer. She's getting in here off 96. So, She's come down the weights. The yard are flying. She's one for one at the course. And uh, she's totally untapped over um, this middle distance trip, of which I think uh, could see her kind of get back to the form she was showing a year ago. So, look, don't get me wrong. It's it's incredibly competitive. And you can make a case for six or seven of these, uh, you know, quite a cogent case, really. But I, I do think she's a little bit of a uh, the forgotten horse in here. She said she's a previous Group 2 winner floating around in a handicap off a mark in the 90s and her old form entitles her to be uh, banging the mix here. So she'll do for me from an each-way perspective. Angel Power, 20 to 1 best price. That's with Bet365, who are six places. Uh, Skybet, who I mentioned, standing out with seven places there, 16 to 1, if you wanted to take the extra place. Uh, Andy, any of you in the first? Not a strong one, but similarly to Ed, uh, part of my main strategy at York would be to, as and when, go for horses that have got uh, course and distance form or at least run at the uh, the Naysmeyer. Uh, at some stage. Uh, so with that in mind, I'd probably go with Cormier, who I think is the only or one of two only course and distance winners in the field. Uh, that uh, was last year, of course. And um, as we well know with him, he's a fairly reliable um, performer in big field handicaps, particularly over hurdles. He was a good winner last time out at Chester, fucking a reasonably good time. So obviously comes in good nick. Uh, a little bit of ease in the ground won't uh, do him any harm, though I've obviously one or two little forecasts of uh, showers around so he'd be my number one choice uh, and the other one I'd probably have a little bit of a look at and throw into the mix is thundering and the Kevin Ryan stable of course Kevin had that uh, Bergerac open up the meeting uh, for us yesterday with a winner and I do think this uh, three-year-old has um, has got a bit of potential going forward he's, he's rated 87 but I don't think we've um, quite got to the ceiling of him yet by and large he's just running some very good three-year-old handicaps or three-year-old novice events uh, that race beyond Elder 
Uh, Edgar Elder off early on in the season when he was fifth has worked out particularly well. And he's done pretty much nothing wrong since. He just got nutted by a strong star with William Haggis' last time at Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, I think off a mark of, uh, was it 90, I think? Um, mm. he, he, should be, um, he should be in the mix, I would have thought. So, yeah, two against the fourth for me, Cormier and uh, Thundering as well. Mark of 87 thundering, uh, thundering 11 to 1, uh, Cormier 8 to 1 uh, with a few firms there. Uh, move on to the second race uh, on the day, big one as well, uh, the Lonsdale Cup. Uh, Stradivarius is 11 to 8, uh, Trushan 2 to 1, Coltrane uh, 13 to 2, Tashkan 9 to 1, Quickthorn 14 to 1, 50 to 1, Reshun mostly cloudy and Nate the Great 66 to 1. So we see Stradivarius and Trushan likely come up against each other, um, but with Kiprios no longer there, Andy. So who do you think will, will come off best in this tussle? Well, the form book says Stradivarius, and, and his track form says Stradivarius. Um, and a lot depends on what the ground is for Trushan. It wasn't in Alan King's horse's favourite uh, Goodwood, but he still ran admirably. Um, put it this way, I think if there was to if this race was to be run on the first day, and let's say as it is for, for Friday, it dried out, then I think Trushan probably would have beaten Stradivarius on the first day because there was definitely sufficient juice in the ground for Trushan to be uh, fully effective. Um, but if, like I say, it continues to dry, then obviously it goes in Stradivarius's favour. We've had this conversation, haven't we, pretty much for the last 18 months, maybe two years with these two. I think yeah. everybody knows the tale of the tape. If it's fast ground, Stradivarius is very good and he'd probably beat Trushan. And, and it's the other way around if, if there is ease in the ground. So... You couldn't be dogmatic at this very moment in time until you've seen what happens on the Thursday and in particular what happens between now as we speak going into tomorrow. Um, I think the cop-out bet is, is called train. If all eight go to post and Trushan does take his chance. I thought he ran really well at Goodwood. I'm not sure Goodwood really suited um, Andrew Balding's horse. But he only just finished on the coattails of the likes of Stradivarius and Trushan. And I'm pretty sure he'll be in the first three. If you're looking for an each-way bet to nothing or perhaps using him for some each-way multiples, I certainly wouldn't put you off him. And of course, he is a course winner. He won the Melrose. Uh, I think it was last year before he won. Went on to his meteoric rise at the rank. So from a betting perspective, without getting involved in the toss of the coin, which is usually Stradivarius and Trushan, um, I'd probably go with Coltrane each way. And like I said, put him in some each way multiples. Coltrane 13-2, to two, best price with Bet365 Hills and Bet Victor as it stands. Uh, eight runners in at the moment for the Lonsdale Cup. And um, if one does come out between now and uh, and race time tomorrow at 2.25, then, of course, you won't be getting your three places uh, after final decks. Um, Ed, an each-way angle there from Andy. Did you have a strong view on, on who should be favourite at the top end? Do you think Stradivarius is the right favourite, or are you looking for an, an each-way player as well? Yeah, the time of recording, I think Stradivarius is the right favourite. Obviously, we, you know, true Shan, you know, it's uh, been there to the cows come home about underfoot conditions. Uh, so to, to go to my... Usual Michael Fish uh, info. I mean, I've been checking the Naves Mile weather through various outlets, and we've got anywhere, obviously, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, there's anywhere between one millimetre and five millimetres of rain due Thursday night into Friday, depending on which forecast you look at it. So you'd like to think the upper end of that five mil, uh, if you know, that just starts to get in the ground, that will just deaden it up a little bit and swing it in True Shan's favour. If the rain ends up missing, then yeah, there's a chance True Shan comes out and the race collapses. So all in all, I think it's a race you don't need to be desperate to have a bet in, really, do you? It's just one to save a look. We all I'd be cheering Stradivarius home. We want to see him just go and win a game, but uh, you do just wonder whether the old boys just started to lose the winning habit. Yet 
still running with plenty of credit in defeat. So all in all, I just think there's there's too many unknowns. I'd probably want to be playing this very late, depending on I know exactly how the ground's riding, etc. So yeah, one I'm very uh, happy to swerve and just uh, cheer on the old boy from the sofa. To be honest with you, lovely stuff. Uh, on then to the uh, the gym crack where Noble Style is a three to one joint favourite with Marshman and Royals Scotsman. Clear point uh, is nine to one. Uh, Chateau twelve to one. Never just a dream twenty to one. Catch the Paddy twenty two to one. Waiting all night twenty fives. Cold case twenty fives. Twenty eight to one. Galleron and uh, Lakota Blue and Chuzzlewit forty to one. Uh, Andy, I'll come to you first here because I know that Noble Style's first run uh, almost broke the clock. Um, then see next time out. Uh, winning uh, against Beat Mill Stream, who ran an OK race over seven yesterday, but didn't really quite stay the trip. Have you got a negative by Noble Style since that first run, or do you still think that he's the one to follow into this? No, not really, George. No, um, he's shown two sides of his game, hasn't he, so far today? To Ascot first time out, he tracked a very strongly run race, picked them up, quickened away, and you, you know you marked him down as a, a potential horse for. Glory at the Royal meeting. Unfortunately, it didn't make the gig. I think the Coventry was going to be his race. So they were clearly thinking six furlongs um, straight away after that uh, uh, initial run. And then, of course, he went to Newmarket off the back of a big break. There was ifs and buts whether a lack of preparation might just catch him out. But in a slightly more slower run race, it wasn't a crawl, but a slower one than uh, he had on debut. He showed a really good turn of foot to beat two Colts of, um, of fairly high regard. His back-end sectionals were very good. I think he did 33 and change, which was the best on the car. And that's twice now that he's shown a really good turn of foot. One off a very strong gallop, one off a, a medium gallop. He's just a very good horse. Um, he, he's top of our figures, not by a mile, but he's still top courtesy of that first run. Um, but this is a very spicy race, isn't he? Obviously, got Royal States from the vintage winner. Um, Scotsman, sorry, beg your pardon. Um, he ran really well in the Coventry, the race that Noble Star didn't make. I, I, mm. I really respect him. But Marshman's the, the the fly in the ointment. Sometimes those wide margin winners uh, can look a li- you can overplay them and and they 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 tend to get um, over evaluated. But his number when he won at first last time out was very good. Not quite as good as Noble Star, but certainly enough to be considering him here or respecting him. Um, he looks as though he's got a good temperament, a good turn of foot. So the front three in the market, you know, you you've got three three big players and you can make cases out for them all. Personally, out of the three, I'd stick with Noble Style. If I was going to chuck perhaps one or maybe another two into the mix, and I don't want to overcomplicate it, but I was quite taken by uh, uh, Never Just a, a Dream. Um, Ishmael Mohammed's horse at Wolverhampton the other day. He was very well fancied on his debut ask, but he completely blew out. They nibbled at him at prices at uh, Dunstall Park and he was drawn right out on the wing and he showed incredible pace to get to the front almost a little bit too much he was a bit exuberant and i thought this horse is never going to get home but he just kept quickening and lengthening and he basically ground out a really good result in a very fast time um, a time that puts him up there with some of the best of these so at 20 to 1 he's definitely worth the look and if you're looking for the old course and distance form then cold case comes into the argument also one year two starts to go not disgraced chester last time out when didn't think he handled the track and you get 25 to 1 for him so a really really exciting race I think Noble Style is the pick down the front end. But as I mentioned, those at prices, never just the dream and cold case, they're also uh, very much in the in the mix as well. Respect for a lot of these. Uh, never just a dream, 20 to 1 uh, with Bet 365, cold case 25 to 1 uh, with the same firm. Uh, Skybet also go five places, four places with plenty of others. Um, Ed, who do you fancy in this? Um, 
Yeah, good. Sorry, George. I'm admiring your tan. I was just, just thinking. Thank you, you very um, much. You're spending a lot of time in the uh, East London Riviera by the looks of it. I think. A lot of time, a lot of time on the golf course. Um, <laughs> I was I was lucky enough to be in the uh, Costa del Devon as well during the ah. heat wave last week. So it was, um, yeah, a lot of time on the beach. And if not on the beach, then on the on the greens. So that's the uh, that's the excuse. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I went to Greece and came back with less of a tan than uh, when I left. So <laughs> there we go. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, um, I digress. Uh, back to this. Yeah, as Andy says, uh, excited types, plenty of potential. Um, I suppose just subjectively, like uh, the, the performance of Marsh Man was one of those kind of kind of got the juices flowing a little bit. It was a bit of a wow moment. I know it was a minor rent at Thirsk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it was kind of that horse really took off, uh, looked really exciting. And uh, it's a little bit reminds me of in the, in the sense of I remember when Brad Sal won earlier in the season, I think one by a similar margin, like eight or nine lengths. And uh, I remember Andy saying a similar kind of thing. You, it's hard to know sometimes with those wide margin wins, but they just mm. blow apart the field by such a distance. Uh, they often everyone goes head over heels and they never quite live up to billing and replicate it. Well, I'm, I'm hoping Marshman's more in that Brad Sal kind of camp because there just seemed to be so many gears there. And when Marshman was asked to really go and lengthen, I mean, uh, the rest of the field were mesmerised, weren't they? So, uh, yeah, again, it's it's one where, you know, the Royal Scotsman's obviously achieved more. Noble style arguably has achieved more and um, looks pretty smart. But yeah, Marshman is the, is the joker in the pack and is the one that's... Uh, how would you say? Just excited me the most from what we've seen so far. So yeah, tentatively, but I'm with Marshman here. Just, just a little, just a little mm. side there as well before we crack on or move on. Just bear in mind the draw as well there tomorrow, because obviously day one very much saw a bias towards the, those that were drawn on the far side. All the low numbers, Bergerac and Designer were drawn one and I think two respectively, and those drawn towards the near side didn't get much of a look in. So Royal Scotsman, Noble Star, both drawn eleven and twelve. Um, you just want to watch that first race, the the uh, the loud, there was, you know, dramatised drawn one, and just get a little bit more of a flavour how how things might pan out. Well, given given we're recording this in real time, uh, we'll know in about five minutes how the lather goes. So we we can we can go back and uh, and have a chat then in a second. Um, uh, and Marshman, yeah, as I say, three to one with plenty of firms, one for Ed. Uh, up to now, the Nunthorpe, um, where Royal Acclaim is a seven to four favourite ahead of the Plastum Queen at seven to two. Hyper Princess ten to one, Cardem uh, and uh, Floatus both twelve to one, Emirati Anna and Russell both sixteen to one, twenty to one Barlow's. And I am going to come to you first at one point, but I, w- I need to go back to Andy for this one again because he is the man with the stopwatch. And Royal Acclaim was a classic case. Um, Andy, we were texting on the day as well um, about Royal Acclaim, where visually incredibly impressive the way that you know he breezed up on the bridle and, and went clear last time out. Immediately put in as as short price favourite for the Nunthorpe. But then words kind of started filter, filtering through that actually the time itself wasn't too much to be getting excited about. So what do you make now a, a seven or four favourite for the for the, uh, for the Nunthorpe? Well, I mean, it was a good time in, in comparison to other horses on that card. I mean, it was one of the best times on on, on that seven race card that day. But like I say, furlong per furlong and pro rata, once you crunch the numbers and, and um, award these horses the, the time figures, it got watered down a little bit because um, there were other good time performances from from lesser horses on the same card as well. So the ground was definitely speeding them up to the point where it was it was speeding up horses that were rated in the 80s. So albeit it was very close to a sort of track record, it 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 still doesn't come out absolutely as high as you you would you would have thought it might. Um, I mean she ran to a good number. I think it was a 95 on our time figures, but 
We've got a whole bunch of horses here, George, such as Highfield Princess, 101, Rassel, 101, Dragon Symbol, 100, twice, Rassel, again, 99, Flotus, 98, Highfield Princess, 98, 98. These names are, are used to running 95 hour up to 100 and, and beyond on a regular basis. She has yet to run anywhere near that. Not saying she can't, because obviously she's going to be in an environment where she's got a good chance of running to a big number. But at 13 to 8, she just wouldn't be for me. Um, looking at the pace of the race as well, I can see horses drawn particularly towards the near side, uh, Highfield Princess um, and the Platinum Queen, who clocked a good number for a two-year-old, both drawn 13 and 14. So again, we have to look at the draw and see how that might pan out. Um, and I'm hoping, for my sake, that it drags along Dragon Symbol into the argument because I put this horse up at 40 to 1 the other week when I was doing a piece for Odds Checker um, regarding perhaps a horse to have a look at it at the York meeting. So I do think he'll outrun his odds. Uh, but at the prices, I think the Platinum Queen could be very, very dangerous here. A two-year-old receiving all the way that is as quick as she is and has got a course and distance win next to her name is very, very tempting. Um, even though the price has collapsed in recent days, she was like five to one a week ago. She's now sort of three to one now. I, th I think she's she's going to really serve it up to them. I'd sooner back her out of the course and distance winners and royal acclaim. And as I said, I'm just hopeful that the stands are with Highfield Princess and the Platinum Queen, that um, Dragon Symbol does get dragged into the argument later on in a big price. So Dragon Symbol, 25 to one. Uh, the Platinum Queen, seven to two. Now you're getting about the Platinum Queen. Um, and just, you know, we've just seen the Lowther where... Um, swing along has won out of out of fourteen, and yeah. uh, Queen, Queen Me second out of twelve, dramatised yeah. out of out of one, swallowed up uh, in in the last furlong. So it does change very quickly at York. It can do. I did have a chat with someone about that yesterday. They said, "Oh, yeah, the low draw." But what you find is that that far side of the track gets churned up a little bit. Obviously, they had water ground, they had a couple of showers. The horses run over it, run over it, run over it. All of a sudden come day two and particularly the last day they end up coming up towards the standside rail i've seen that happen before there it's almost like a bun fight to get to the standside rail so you just have to be prepared for it to swing quite dramatically and looking at the ladder i haven't seen it yet but uh, 14 and 12 indicates that um, like i say it's probably uh there's probably not a huge difference between either side yeah there we go <clears throat> ed um who are you looking at here one for the platinum queen there from andy and another one for, and a Kind of dragon symbol. Uh, who do you think could be the the way to play this? Yeah, uh, a race that's time ahead in knots. To be honest, you. I'm just. I think it's fantastic. I, I started going through them and I thought, yeah, that's got a chance. That's got a chance. And I don't know. I, as you know, I'm a very loyal servant, uh, George. I just wondered, could there be one last swan song in Winter Power uh, at a massive price? You know, she caused a bit of an upset in this last year. By and large, she absolutely loves the Navesmire. Um, she liked the rain to miss. Uh, I think it's fair to say if they don't get any rain, the ground stays on the quick side. You know, fantastic record here, apart from last time out where they, you know, say there were excuses and she wasn't quite right, etc., etc. I mean, she led them a merry dance in this 12 months ago. Um, I just wonder, yeah, she's she's a big old price with some stunning form at the track uh, in a race where Roy claim I really like, but I'm with kind of Andy's view now, like. Uh, You've got to have some proper nerves, haven't you, um, to be getting involved at 13 to 8 with a whole host of classy operators stacked in behind her in, in the market. So, um, look, trick, tricky old trappy contest. I'm going to have a, a small wager on Winter Power just because uh, five furlongs on the Knavesmire. 
it's her bread and butter normally. And as I say, if you kind of forgive her run at this track last time out, where you know allegedly there were there were valid excuses for that, saying on official figures as well. I um, mean, she's pretty much up there with the top rated in the field. So um, I think she's about 20 to 1 or there for the last look. So that kind of price, uh, a small each way play for me. Yeah, Winter Power 20 to 1 with Bet365, who are paying four places. Uh, on then to the um, with the Phillies handicap now. Um, Amaz- uh, Amanzo 11 to 4, Champion 7 to 2, State Occasion 5 to 1, Croach Hill 17 to 2, Real Rosie uh, 11 to 1, Good, Good American 12s. As is via Sistina. Uh, we're going to go through this one pretty quickly. But um, Ed, anything for you to, to to put up here before Andy gives us his selection? No, sitting this one out, George. Andy. Yeah, I'll, I'll just draw everyone's attention to a potentially very well handicapped horse here. The bottom one, Champion. Um, she won very nicely at uh, Windsor last time. I actually napped a horse in that race of um, William Haggis's called Spanish, who'd run well in a good Newbury maiden. And he was brushed aside by uh, Roger, Roger Varian's filly. She got held up towards the back, brought with a lovely well-timed challenge, quick and up well, one by four lengths, clocked a big number. And the time before that, she bumped into a horse called Shirah from the um, John and Thady Gosden stable, who's now rated 87, courtesy of a, a very smooth victory next time out. Um, so off a mark of 84, I think she's got in very, very nicely here, this champion. The track will really suit her because she is a holder performer that likes to come through late. So 7-2, did you say? That that doesn't sound too yeah. bad to me. Yeah, 7-2 champion pretty much across the board there. Um, a, a pick for Andy in the Phillies handicap. Two more races on the cards. Uh, we have the Convivial, uh, which I think we said off air beforehand. Uh, not, nothing really to put up there. So we're going to skip past into the last race on the card. Uh, the mile handicap operating 4-1. Uh, Bay of Honor 6-1. to one. Golden Voice and Love and Power both 13-2. to two. Bolt hole nine to one, twelve to one. Bar those, Ed, you, have you got first run in the first? Have you got one for us in the last? Yeah, I've got my um, King Power pajamas back on again. I'm um, <laughs> Louvain Power here. Uh, not normally my kind of modus operandi. Like the, uh, I usually like out of, out of sorts horses who have plummeted down the weights at big prices. But uh, Louvain Power winner last time out, coming here under a penalty, uh, officially well in. So it's had to be churned out, if you see what I'm saying now. But um, I, Salisbury last time out was the first time Leuven Power went up to a mile and crikey uh, some stride on this individual absolute monster, proper beast of a horse, like you see Leuven Power in the paddock uh, compared to a few of the others at Salisbury that day and was dwarfing them so uh, just a, a real stride monster if you like he it doesn't do anything in a hurry but when you wind this horse up um, it was pretty impressive at Salisbury last time out and I, I think York, you know, generally we say is a speed orientated track but it's uh there's enough of a home straight here where you can kind of rev a horse up can't you at york and i, I just think this could be the time to catch this individual said so the roger Vary team are flying uh officially well in ground should be fine uh, but it was that step up to a mile made all the difference so it was running well over seven you just got the feeling was being restrained and then up to mark salisbury last time out uh, this is an improving sort it's a it's a pretty deep race but I just think this could be the time to strike with Leuven Power. So, uh, yeah, that'll do for me for that. Um, my tried and tested method for this podcast of uh, King Power, Roger Varian and uh, Andrea Atzeni. Leuven Power 13-2 to two with 888 Sport and Bet UK. Uh, before we get on to Saturday's racing, here's a starter for 10 for you both. Why is why Leuven Power? Is it... Do you know the significance of Leuven? No, no, go on. 
It's going to be and a football he, player knowing you, George. Near enough. So we, we often see the King Power um, horses. You know, we've seen Fox Vardy and, and the rest of it, you know, all the um, Leicester connotations because King Power um, own Leicester City. They also own a Belgian club, OH Leuven. Ah. Um, so there you go. So that's their other club. Uh, Nigel Pearson went and managed out there after he left Leicester with obvious connections. Uh, Oxford captain Elliot Moore also after, after um, when he was at Le- wait, was out on loan there for a bit as well. So interesting stuff. Uh, you learn something new every day. Uh, on then, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's important to know these things. You know that's why that's why they named them Love Love so it. people can people can learn about their footballing heritage uh, at King Power. Uh, on then to Saturday's racing. Uh, Andy, unless you've got anything to add in the in the last on on Friday. No, I was only really going to endorse Ed Selection Love and Power. Um, Good on the clock at Salisbury. So that's uh, good news for uh, with regards to Ed's uh, pick. And I was also very impressed with the way he stayed on. And operating would be the other one as well. I mean, we're not talking about great value here at 4 to 1, but that also was very impressive on the eye and on the numbers when winning at Nottingham. I think the market's probably about got operating right, whereas Leuven Power at 6 to 1. I think there's a little bit of more. 13 to 2. 13 to 2, yes, even bigger. So um, let's not forget about that uh, crucial half a point. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably go with Love and Power as well each way at the prices. Love and Power, as I say, 13 to 2 with 888 and Bet UK. 888 go five places, though. Bet um, UK just the four. Uh, on then to Saturday's card, um, we've got the, um, the Strenzel Stakes first up over a mile, just extended mile. Uh, Mighty Ulysses, six to four. Uh, Alphalia uh, is four to one. Cadillac, 13 to two. Bash Recover, eight to one. Finest Sound, 10 to one. Sunny Liston, 12 to 1. Uh, Mascala, 16 to 1. Marie's Diamond, 33 to 1. Uh, Sunny Liston would be a uh, a fitting winner on Saturday, given what's going on in the evening. But Ed, um, who do you fancy in first? Uh, no strong views, uh, to be honest with you, uh, George. I'm, I'm saving myself the real easy races, like the Malrose and the Ebor. <laughs> I, I, I have backed a couple in those contests, so I'm not going to waffle on. Uh, if forced, I would go with the favourite. But uh, yeah, as I said, no strong view. No one's going to force you, Andy? Yeah, I really like this race. Um, probably one of my best bets of the week is in this. Um, I, I do respect Mighty Ulysses, and he beat Alf Lalia fair and square on the day at Newmarket, although you could have a, had a case to suggest that Owen Boris's horse was a smidge unlucky because he had a horse that ran right across his path around about the two pole, and he had to check and come with a run again. But I was mightily impressed with the way uh, Alf Lalia won last time out at Pontefract. Um, the time figure is very good, but he cut down a very good field very easily. It's not easy to do that at the moment at, Ponte, at Pontefract. It's very much a front runner's track. So he upgraded his run um, quite significantly. And it's in keeping with the way that Owen Burroughs' horses are going. I mean, he's managed to get a real tune out of that horse that won the uh, um, the John Smiths, went on to win next time out uh, in pretty easy fashion at Taydock. His name escapes me. Um and also Minzal as well. He's managed to improve that throughout the season. So his horses are very much coming along the more racing they have. He was a bit unlucky in the jersey as well and he didn't get um, much much room for manoeuvre. But I think the key to him is, is, a, is a well-run mile and he's obviously got a little bit extra yardage to run here as well. Not forgetting the 77 yards and I think that really plays two sense. In simple terms, Alf Lally just simply cannot be out the frame here. Um, if Mighty Ulysses is 5-4, to 11-8, whatever it is, then Alf Lally has to be right behind him in the betting because I don't think there's a great deal between them. So four to one with the dead eight runners, you know I'm going with this, George. Yeah, uh, yeah. He really does uh, make plenty of appeal to me. 
Yeah, one for the each way multis, one for each way single. Alphalia, uh, four to one uh, with a few firms at the moment. As Andy says, eight runners as it stands. So maybe keep your powder dry till tomorrow, just in case uh, one or two do, do come out um, over the next couple of days or even till Saturday as well. Um, the Melrose now, uh, Sulcum is the seven to two favourite, head of Wild Crusade at six to one. Soul Stopper, 15 to two. Caius Chorister, eight to one. Uh, 17 to two. Alma Fear, uh, Almerick, 11 to one. 12 to 1, Nusrit and Inverness, 14 to 1, Bar, Doze. Uh, and Ed, you said you had a fancy here. So what's your fancy? Yeah, I'm with the uh, the, the, the team in blue here. Charlie Appleby um, clocking ridiculous figures, wasn't he? Before today's show was touching 50% strike rate for August. Uh, well, I think it was 89% first and second or something. <laughs> some, some absolutely outrageous stat I, I saw floating around on social media. But uh, Yard of Flying... I like this uh, unexposed wild crusade. I suppose the the negative to start with would be this could be a little bit of a baptism of fire, given that this horse has been used to trying to boss smaller fields and everything. But uh, I just think looks tailor made for this unexposed, progressive um, over a mile. It was an extended mile three on this horse's penultimate start at York. Uh, looked at for toe, I think it's fair to say. Only got really going late, finishing runner up there. Few people a bit disappointed with that um, as a beaten favourite, but I think. With hindsight, that wasn't a bad run at all. Just looked, as I said, just a little bit tap for toe back in the uh, at the Dante meeting on quick ground. And then Ascot, over a stiff mile and a half last time out. It was a small field, but boss proceedings. And again, I thought just looked uh, the better, better the further he went. So just with that in mind, I think there's more to come, A, through experience, progression. The fact, he's just still lightly raced, but going up in trip for for this year, you know, was it 188 yards for those of a pedantic nature, plus a mile five furlongs. Uh, it's a bit of, again, a long striding individual. I think there's going to be more to come. The yard are flying and all in all, not my usual kind of um, way in <laughs> here, but uh, six to one each way. I, I'd be disappointed, you know, it's 13 runners. Uh, I think some firms will go in five places. Basically, you've got half the field have got to finish ahead of him for you to uh, to, mm. to lose your money. And I, I said it's not normally my angle in, but uh, this would kind of be the way I go with this horse. So I'd be very disappointed if Wild Crusade wasn't in the frame here. Wild Crusade, 6-1, to one, as you say, uh, both with two firms, Bet365 and Hills, who are currently four places, but I think we can probably anticipate a few more. We'll go at least five. Uh, Skybet are five places as it stands now. They're 11-2 to two about Wild Crusade, if you did want to back Wild Crusade now. Andy? The bookmakers have really um, cottoned onto this race and, and identified the real target trainers and, and the horses that um, represent them. Andrew Baldin's won this for the last two years with uh, Valley Forge and Coltrane. And prior to that, Hamish won for William Haggis. He also won it with Guarantee back in 2012. And in 2018-17, Charlie Appleby won it with Ghost Watch and Secret Advisor. So those are your three go-to trainers. And lo and behold... Haggis has got the favourite, Charlie Appleby's second favourite, and the third favourite, and Andrew Baldwin's got the fourth favourite. So they're very much aware of what's going on here. Solcom was obviously a big eye catcher at Goodwood, flopped out the stalls as last early on, and then flew home. I think the uh, the run style, his run style, and York will really suit him, but he, he doesn't appeal to me at three to one. I think it's not well, not even seven to seven. I mean, if it was a five to one, the mm. field race, I, I might have half a look at him at that price. But yeah, not at seven to two. I think Ed's absolutely bang on with Walker. Said the good thing about Walker is that he's got form at the track. Um, he finished second here the time before. The only problem with him is rated one hundred and two. And I've gone through the career uh, victories of all the horses in this and what they won off. Ninety eight is the highest rating a horse won off this, and that was Hamish. 
three years ago. So he's going to have to do something that no three-year-old has done. But he's definitely a player. I do like Soul Stopper as a horse. I think he's a real grinder and a real out-and-out stayer in the making. If there is going to be a, a, a sort of like a, a joker in the pack and a trainer that hasn't won this race before, and he hasn't, I don't think he's had a runner in this race either before. So um, he comes here a little bit fresh, as it were. And that's Joseph O'Brien's Nuzret, a horse that's got a very good cruising speed. Uh, and he was seen to good effect last time out in a well-run race at the Courier, cruised into the contention over two hours and then just basically just sauntered to the line. He seems to have got his preparation absolutely bang on. He hasn't had a run since. He's rated 91, which I think is workable. And he ties in with some of the best sort of three-hour handicaps over in Ireland so far this season. He, he, he'll handle a variety of ground. He's won on soft or he's run well on soft and he's won on, on good ground. So I, I do respect the front end of the market, but I do think the market is as it should be. And if there is one that is slightly overpriced, which I don't think bookmakers have quite um, given enough respect for, it would be Nazareth. Nazareth, 12 to 1, best price. That's with Bet365, currently 10 to 1, pretty much uh, is the market price across the board. Uh, and the one for Andy. Uh, now the City of York stakes. Uh, Sandrine is the 9 to 2 joint favourite with Sacred. Uh, Kin Ross, 6 to 1. Alsa Hale, 7 to 1. Rohan, 15 to 2. Uh, Jumbi, 9 to 1. Brad the Brief, 10 to 1. 14 to 1 bar those. Andy, we'll stick with you here. Yeah, just to tell you, I'll show you my tale of woe at um, Goodwood. <clears throat> it's kind of it's a question of how's your luck. I back sacred at 20 to 1. Um, anti post each way for the for the oh, um no. for the 7th furlong race. Um what was it called now? The um Lennox Stakes. Yeah. I think she's gone off nine to four. I'm thinking, well. Surely, at the very worst, I'll, I'll draw off me each way money. She ends up finishing out the frame. Um, so that'll t- teach me to be a smart aleck and, and get fancy <laughs> Um But she was just probably given a little bit too much to do that day, in all fairness. Um, she actually did the fastest closing section of the first five home. She did 33.9. So There's a, 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 a weird drift, wasn't there, as well, in the couple of hours before the race, which kind of suggested that maybe... Yeah, I think I think a lot of people looked at her draw and she was drawn nine of 11, thought, well, she could be a bit far back here. So they're, mm. they're probably prepared to lay her at a bigger price than what she was put in at. Uh, and they were absolutely spot on. And that's exactly what happened. She got shuffled back through the field through no fault of Tom Marquand's. That's just the nature of Goodwood. But she ended up being like with only one behind with, with three to run. And she tried uh, in vain to, to, to make up the real estate. She couldn't quite get there. Look, it wouldn't surprise me if Sacred was to turn around the form with Sandrinos because she is a very good filly on the day and the stronger they go, the better. The the, the professional bet, again, I'm looking at a horse, I'm looking at a race like this and thinking, well, what is the bet here? What's the safety numbers bet? Sacred's yet to run at the track. Kinross, who obviously finished ahead of the pair, uh, finished um, just behind uh, Sandrine at, um, at Goodwood, is yet to run at the track. But Sandrine has... So the fact that she's already been Kinross and Sacred and, and, take it, and she's run at York, see they're running the Lauda last season, has got to carry um, plenty of clout behind it. And, and at nine to two, why not go with her each way? Um, I see lots of safe, you know, pretty safe-looking bets from each way perspective. Our Flyley, a Coltrane, you know, you can put these into each way multiples, and uh, you don't mm. have to have the winner. You can still get a nice. She's one of my strategies of um, of the final day. Uh, to stick her in some some HBO bets with the ones I've already mentioned. Nine to two there for Andy Ed. Yeah, naturally, don't think there's much to split the the big three in inverted commas if you like from that Goodwood run. Sacred should find things a bit fairer here than Goodwood. Uh, Sandrine 
clearly this trip suits. And says, Andy says, got the course form. Kin Ross, very happy on a soft surface. Um, again, checking the weather. I say there's a bit of rain Thursday into Friday at the time of recording, but then supposed to dry up at the weekend. So um, I think on balance, that probably goes against Kin Ross. So, yeah, uh, again, not a not a race I'm, I'm massively strong on here. I, I think there's three or four in here with major claims, and uh, I'd be lying if I said I was uh, convinced by either one of them. Uh, so, yeah, very tentatively with Sandrine, but uh, I'm not surprised if uh, any three, any of them three or four win this. Tentative Sandrine, yeah, nine to two, uh, as I mentioned there. Uh, on then to the Ebor, the big race of the Saturday. Um, we've got Earl of Tyrone is the six to one favourite ahead of Garcia and Akita Sushi, both at eight to one. Licensed twelve to one with Candleford and Ever Present. Trawlerman, Unit Glen, uh, sorry, Yukon Glen, both fourteen to one. Get Shirty, Enemy, and Alfred Boucher and John Leaper as well, all sixteen to one. Twenty-five to one bar those. Twenty-four runners as it stands. Skybet. Sponsors of the race go eight places at the moment. Others may follow suit. A couple of six at the moment as well. Uh, Ed, take us away in the e-ball. Yeah, I'm 2v the field here. Um, I back one anti-post and I'm getting involved with another later doors. Um, main selection would be John Leeper for the Ed Dunlop team. Um, <clears throat> this has clearly been the target all year. They've given this horse, uh, I should say, a good look in on the Knavesmire <laughs> and a couple of uh, small field races um, in June and July. Um Ran well without really troubling the judge. Uh, but again, I just think the the makeup of this race is going to suit far better than those kind of three-runner dawdling contests. Uh, I just think this, hey, this horse has been targeted at this all year. This is a horse who had a lot of hype and back class um, in his early days, didn't he? Obviously, it was uh, the infamous race, Adios Derby, where, wasn't it, Frankie Dettori came in for the ride on, on this individual and... Uh, failed to settle, didn't quite go right, etc., etc. Was always had a touch of class. Was a looked a potential world beater when winning that listed race at Newmarket um, many moons ago. <coughs> in all, I just think this will be much more to his liking. A big field. He can be a little bit keen. This is the type of race you can get him switched off. Say he's been given a good look in at this track. Clearly, with this in mind, this has been the target for some time. And uh, again, from an each way perspective, uh, I like horses have been targeted at this as opposed to perhaps how should we say. Ones that come in here uh, on sufferance, uh, mm. if someone's saying through the fact that they've been they've been running well and end up here as a perhaps that's not necessarily a, an all season target. The other one, who I definitely know, has been targeted at this because his uh, trainer said on television a year ago uh, would be Valley <laughs> Forge for the Andrew Boarding team. It won the aforementioned uh, Melrose, as um, Andy says, uh, a horse who, who looked very smart when winning on this car twelve months ago in pretty good style. Things haven't quite gone right in recent times, but again, I think it's a case of getting right for the day with this individual. It excels at this track. Uh, Andrew Balding, uh, live on ITV Racing last year, he said, oh, I think I've tried to find the footage, but it was worse the effect of perhaps, who knows, we could be in the e this time next year. You know, is the big clue, basically. This was going to be his, his trick crack <laughs> and his target. It's going to be a case of all things geared towards this. I think it didn't quite go right at... Um, at Goodwood last time out when trying to come from off the pace. And again, Andy made a very good point. You know, sometimes Goodwood in a big field coming from off the pace can be a bit of equine bingo. You know, you're hostage to fortune there, aren't you? Uh, behind a wall of horses at that track. So all in all, again, I'm gone with the the two target horses, if you like. Uh, I totally respect those at the top of the market who are in much better form. But John Leeper, uh, previous pattern winner with a touch of class, I think would be suited by this. And uh, in the in the regards to Valley Forge, previous course distance winner, 
Again, you should have everything in his favour and has clearly been targeted at this for some time. So that, that couple of big prices, I said, check you each way terms as you uh, often flag up there, George. They'll be my, my two versus the field in evil. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, John Lee for 16 to 1 best price, just the five places there, um, but 14 to 1 with Paddy Power, who has six places, could be the way to play that one. Skybet, I mentioned eight places there, 12 to 1. Value Forge, 25 to 1 best price. That's with Bet365, who has six places as well. Um, it's two in the Ebor targeting horses uh, who are targeting this race. Andy, are you doing similar? I don't think there's probably too many in this race that haven't had this race on their mind for at least six months or even a year. Um, John Leap is one of them because the connections have um, set those two aside. I, I agree with um, Ed, with John Leaper. I watched both of his races back here at York. I don't think he was really connections of that bothered or the jockeys of that bothered if they didn't win. Obviously, they, they were trying you know, to, to do their best, but without a, without a fight to Beat him on both occasions is a very good horse. He's rated 113, so he was entitled to finish second, which is exactly what he did. I did like the way he finished his race off a good one the other day over an adequate trip, mile and a half. That certainly went some way to believe in that that's part of the preparation. And, and the winner, Rebels Romance, has gone on to rank the form with a win on the continent next time. That was a very good time figure. So even though he's technically got a, technically got a little bit to find with a couple out of that race, um, his, his ability to handle the Naismar thing called stand him in good stead. And um, we know that William Haggis likes to win a big race on the Naismar, don't we? And this race has been very dear to his heart. And it looks as though he's laid Garcia right out for this as well. Um, he won here early on in the season. That was an indication that William was was going to um, perhaps a few months time strong in the, the 300 grand pot. He was a bit unlucky in the, um, in the race at Good uh, Hayden last time out when he didn't get the clues to run. Only got going too late, but that was over a mile and a half. He's crying out for further. He's a real grinder. That's what you need to win here at York. So basically, I'm just going for the tried and trusted formula. Back in two horses that have been laid out for the race. That have both run the maze mile this season. Flock good times. Garcia and uh, John Leeper as well. Agree with Ed. Garcia, eight to one. Um, best price. Skybet are top price, eight to one, with their eight places as well. As I mentioned, uh, John Leeper, 16 to one, 14s about as well. Adam Kirby taking the ride on John Leeper. Um, three more races on the cards. Uh, we will definitely, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the three of them and you guys can flag up if you have any fancies. No worries. If not, and the third last race of the Ebor Festival is the uh, Constantine Handicap over six furlongs. Comanche Falls, 17 to two. Regional, nine to one. Spangled Mac, 10. Summerhand, 10s. Mum's Tipple, 11 to one. Tab Deed, 11 to one. 12 to one. Bar. Andy, anything for you here? No, I haven't got anything in the in the six furlong handicap. Um, I just don't think you can be dogmatic about a race like that until you've seen every single piece of evidence available going into Saturday. I could sit mm. here and say, oh, I really like this. All of a sudden, it means absolutely nothing if it's drawn on the wrong side of the track or if the ground changes. If, if you did hold a gun to my head right now and say, well, you're sorry, but you've got to give us one, um, perhaps Mum's Tipple who bounced back to form last time out as we know won the sales race here well documented um, as, a, as a two-year-old and hasn't really kind of gone forward in the way we thought it might uh, but has slipped down to good mark and Frankie got a good churn out of it last time out at Newmarket in a good time maybe maybe him at, um, at from store 14 at least for that one he'd run somewhere near towards Stansar Rugs I've got a sneaky feeling that's where they'll come come Saturday but um no strong view. I'd, I'd have more strong views in the last two races. 
Mum's tipple eleven to one. Um, Ed, anything for you here before we go to the last two? No, just memories of that um, that Mum's tipple race. Yeah, it was like the new Arazi, wasn't it? When um, <laughs> when Mum's tipple just, just annihilated the field. I could, could believe what I was seeing. It was about eight to one for the giddies on the back of that. So I mean, I, on on Mum's tipple though, I, I just think they've had the horses trip wrong. They've dropped back to strongly run six on fast grounds. This is always a horse with gears coming back from seven to six last time out. Just that. Just seemed to really reinvigorate Mum's Tipple. Um, you know, not a horse that you want to particularly draw the stamina out of. So uh, coming back here over six got to be a positive. I'm surprised Mum's Tipple is as big as eleven to one. To be honest, if I was a race, I was going to very much uh, get splinters in my backside about. But at a double figure price for Frankie on board, uh, that's probably um, a, a few points bigger than I'd probably done the tissue for and would have had Mum's Tipple at. So um, yeah, uh, maybe at, yeah, if you can get a double figure price for Mum's Tipple, I think it's probably worse bets in that. Mum's tipple, 11 to 1, as I say. Uh, on then to the, uh, the Julia Graves Rose Stakes over five furlongs. Rocket Rodney, 13 to 8, favourite here. Brave Nation, 11 to 2. Treasure Trove, 6 to 1. Rousing Encore, 8 to 1. Bolt Action, 8 to 1. Uh, 14 to 1, bar 10 runners as it stands. Ed, I know you said you didn't have a bet in this one, but Andy, you said that you did. Yeah, I am obviously had a soft spot for Rocket Rodney um, all season long. I think he'd probably been fair to say he's been one of the best five furlong sprinters around mm. uh, of his generation unluckily touched off by little big bear in the windsor castle race which of course worked out incredibly well we've seen what little big bear has done subsequently with him in a whole host of horses um come out and frank the foreman obviously there's a good degree, good degree of confidence uh, attached to him going into sandown when he obliged he then went to the Malcolm. again he looked as though he got a favorite chance the only one that um, George Scott didn't know about was Trillium, who'd won a maiden at Newbury the time before having six furlongs in a reasonably good time. And she ended up being the fly in the ointment because Rocky Rodney beat all those that he was supposed to be, you know, the Eddie's, Eddie's boys of this world. Um, unfortunately, like I say, he just came unstuck, but it was a very fast time. At the time, it was a track record for two-year-olds. Of course, it was broken later on in the day by the Platinum Queen. So it wasn't as if he was disgraced. I think Trillium's a group one filly in the making. Um and he's coming here with a view to taking on board this race as a stepping stone to a race in France on September the 1st. That was the original plan. But this race came up and George has looked at it and thought, uh, are, we, are we looking to gift horse in the mouth here? You know, we, we need to be taking, mm. t- taking this on because, um, you know, it's a, it's a big meeting, prestigious meeting. It's worth nearly 50 grand to the winner. And, and he looks the best horse in the race. So I think he's the right price. If there is a danger, I think it might come from the Irish filly, the one down the bottom, Treasure Trove, who's been plying her trade to a really good standard over in Ireland. She was run up to a horse called Mary Wowie last time out. Um, and she also ran behind Lady Hollywood as well uh, the time before in a, in, a, in, a, in a group three. So she's not bad, but I don't think she's as good as Rocky Rodney. Um, but you've got options. You can either back Rocky Rodney at 13 to 8, or I can see here 6 to 1 for Treasure Trove from an HRA perspective. So. That could be a strategy to look at, depending on what kind of punter you are. And Treasure Trove six to one with Skybet as well, who pay pay the extra place uh, four places. So that, that that that's a big price. That I mean that that'll never be six to one on the day. That there you go. That sounds like the one to to back. But Rocky Rodney certainly the right favourite in in Andy's eyes, and hopefully going on to to some more exciting time. It's been a great horse to follow over the course of the season so far. Uh, and the final race of the week, uh, the, over a mile two. Um, we have Phantom Flight is a three to one favourite. Had a special envoy at four to one. 
Uh, Injazati at six to one, Spirit Dance to sevens, Forest Falcon ten to one, Lusander ten to one, Lukanda uh, and fourteen to one. Bar those. Um, Ed, got to give us the winner in the last. Yeah, I'm uh, with Lukanda or Lusander. I'm not quite a thousand percent sure on the pronunciation, but yeah, Rafe Beckett, Rob Hornby team up here, and it's um again, it's kind of labouring the point of Naysmeyer for me. This is a horse who. As uh, pretty much brings the A game to the table in York. Uh, I mean, career form figures on the Naismire 110423, with the zero being last year when uh, Clipping Heels uh, with a, a rival nearly being brought down. So you can, you can put a line through that run. Uh, other than that, just excels here. Uh, last time out, critics will say, well, look, you know, were there any obvious excuses um, at the track when finishing third? I think, yes, there were. I mean, if you remember rightly, it was just at the start, the, the proper heat wave, the ground was absolutely rattling. And uh, there were spaten on runners. And ended, up, I think it was a four or five runner race on that occasion. It was a, it was a tactical mess. It was a bit of a run it at Dordal. It was a bit just a messy assignment and uh, no mad pace. I just don't think the race was run to suit. Uh, get this horse in much more of a kind of big field scenario where uh, he could be delivered late on. Uh, I think that's much more to his liking. That's his, uh, that's his kind of a game there, really. So again, a horse with great track record. Uh, looks to be on a competitive mark. And as I said, I, you could put a line through a, a small field tactical mess last time out, back in a bigger field with strong pace. Uh, expect this horse to come with a late rattle. So, yeah, uh, Lakanda for me, uh, off a mark of 99, I'd be disappointed. Officially, on the figures, will need a career best performance. But uh, I think everything's in place for the horse to to run a cracker back at this horse's uh, happy hunting ground. So, yeah, Lukanda each way for me in the... Uh, appropriately named uh, finale handicap <laughs> the candor 10 to 1 with skybet who are paying five places only other firms out at the moment are paddies and betfair sportsbook and they're 13 to 2 which could be a sign of which way that uh, is going to go in the market andy yeah i'm quite surprised when you were reeling off those prices uh, a second or two ago george that spirit dancer isn't um actually one of the market leaders here i mean he's under 10 to 1 but i thought seven to one um, it's a big price for, for a horse. I think it's got the best form coming in here. Um, categorically, I don't think there's any, there's any doubt in my mind that this horse holds the best form. He was fourth in what's turning out to be one of the handicaps of the season so far, the John Smith behind Anmart. We saw what Anmart did to uh, a good horse of William Haggis's the other day um, mm-hmm. at uh, Haydock. Absolutely blew him away. Uh, and, and I know they think the world of that horse that, um, that he beat, Grocer Jack. But, you know, you've seen the second Asher Wells win since. Intelligence has run well in, 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 a, in a good race since. Um, you know, we've seen certain lad, the horse who finished 11th, run well next time out. Forrest Falcon, who was 14th, went on to win at Goodwood. Maria's Diamond was second to Alf Clalia at um, Pontefract in the listed race. It's an absolute sensational piece of form. And Spirit Dancer finished a very creditable fourth when he was a bit keen early on as well. Perhaps that affected his finishing effort. He went to... Back to York here next time out and absolutely breezed up. Um, so he's got York form in the bag. Easily the best York form in the bag on offer. He's only got to run to the same level and there's no reason why you wouldn't for him to be there or thereabouts. It's seven to one again. Another horse you've got to be um, very, very interested in at the prices. Seven to one, Spirit Dancer, the one for Andy there. Uh, plenty of pretty strong views from both Andy and Ed over the course of the two days. Thank you to you both for sharing your thoughts and your selections with us. Uh, fingers crossed for a 
cracking couple of days to finish the Ebor Festival. Um, and thank you both for, for taking the time to come back on the show. Um, do download the Odds Checker app for the best prices, bookie offers, free bets and place terms, as we mentioned today. And Andy's tips every day of the Ebor Festival and throughout the season as well, straight to the app. Um, and do download uh, yeah, the Odds Checker app and do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel as well. Uh, where you can find all of this, uh, all of these preview content. We did a, a boxing preview ahead of the Joshua Usyk fight uh, the other day, which I had to host as well. Um, and that is up on, on site now, so you can go and have a look at that. We've got Racing Weekly every week with Sam Turner and Rishi Passad. So loads of stuff up on there. And you can find all of this on the podcast uh, channel as well, which you can download from any podcast provider too. Fingers crossed that a couple of the guys' selections go, go in. I've no doubt that they will. Uh, but as is always the case, enjoy the racing and please ensure that you're gambling responsibly.